Not every film can be Citizen Kane But even critics have claimed that it was shit in its day Some films are shit and shit they will stay But some get better over time because of Nicolas Cage So which film stays shit forever? And which one's got a little bit better? Second chance were harmed in the making of this podcast. Welcome to Second Chance Movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies and loves a good big blockbuster popcorn flick. And I'm Jessica Quaz, your host who's a one-and-done kind of movie viewer who thinks Martin Scorsese is just so mean to Marvel. And today, we're giving a second chance to Age of Ultron. Oh, wow. We're discussing this movie today because it's one of the lower rated of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I know this is one of those Avengers movies that everyone shit on, and I want to see, is it as bad as people thought it was? Yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen it, and I was very curious, too, if it is bad, if if it holds up, if it got better with time. And yeah, like this is where we get an introduction into some of our new Avengers and we start to grow the team even more, um, which obviously has effects on the future movies of the Marvel Universe. And of course, when giving this movie a second chance, it's hard not to compare it to what we already know. It's kind of fun rewatching this, knowing what we know in the cinematic universe and see if the continuity held up, if things changed drastically see its origins yeah all right guys spoilers first off first and foremost we're talking about a movie um and spoilers will be had so for those of you who do not know or don't remember this i'm about to read off what imdb says as its uh, summary when tony stark and bruce banner try to jumpstart a dormant peacekeeping program called ultron things go horribly wrong and it's up to Earth's mightiest heroes to stop the villainous Ultron from enacting his terrible plan. Bum bum bum! Would you say it's a fair assessment of this movie? I mean, yeah, I think so. I think, um, yeah, it hits the point. I think their summary is too wordy. Let's just cut to the chase. Yeah. My summary, the Avengers battle robot. There you go. Um, my summary would be Tony Stark uh, has a really dumb idea to make a very powerful robot out of the Mind Stone, and shit hits the fan, and now they gotta fix it. He's not making a robot out of the Mind Stone. He's, like, using the Mind Stone to make the robot more all-powerful. All I guess that's true, yeah. So, so, kind of. He wants to put armor around the world and... I guess, AI, that way the Avengers don't have to be a thing. And so a way to not have the responsibility be, fall on the Avengers. Okay, so my summary has just changed. Okay. Um, Tony Stark uh, makes a really reckless decision to try to use the Mind Stone to make an all-powerful shield for the world so him and his buds can have an early retirement. And Bruce helps him out. Bruce is there, too. He helps him out. What an enabler. <laughs> All right. How was your first viewing of this movie? 
So I remember actually my first viewing pretty well. I went to the theaters opening weekend. Okay. And I went with a friend of mine, and at the time, like, we were pumped. We were like, cool, another Avengers movie. Let's do this. This looks awesome. Like, I remember thinking the trailers looked really cool. So I was, like, in. I was ready. And then when the movie was over and we left the theaters, it was just kind of this feeling of, oh, okay, sure, yeah, I guess that's that's what happened. Okay. I definitely saw it in theaters, and yeah, I was pretty overwhelmed with the amount of things that were in it. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in this movie. Um, it was fun action, uh, but I just felt like maybe we're missing something. Maybe we got too much. Um, did it build up? I don't know. I was ex I was so excited, but it was just it was a weird feeling. It was. I don't want to say I was like disappointed. It was just more so like. Huh. Okay. I didn't leave the theater where my excitement was met, you know. Well, so we didn't have a great first start to this movie. So uh, let's see what others thought of this movie on their first go around. Are you saying it's review time? Of course. Let's read some reviews. So I just want to say that most of these positive reviews that I read are like backhanded reviews as well. That's what I was finding, too, where it's like, wait, are you saying you like it or you don't? So Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times, Avengers Age of Ultron is a sometimes daffy, occasionally baffling, surprisingly touching, and even romantic adventure with one kinetic thrill after another. It earns a place of high ranking in the Marvel Universe. Wow, he had a lot of feelings It's all over that. the place. Um... It is. We apparently in this movie we got every, a little bit of everything. Which is hey, not that's what we're that's what we're hoping for when we go to the movies. Get all the feel. This is a like you were saying one of the uh, backhand sort of okay. positive reviews. Renee Rodriguez with Miami Herald wrote, "Age of Ultron is all rush and sensation with little substance, but what a feeling." I I don't know. There's a lot of things. Maybe she missed. Some substance, because there's substance there. Leonard Maltin, a uh, famous cr critic, said Josh Whedon set a high, higher bar with the first Avengers and tried in many ways to top it here. He got close. <laughs> the shade of he got yeah. close. Wow. <laughs> That's not, that was like a twist ending to that review. So, moving into some negative reviews, Leona Lori with Geek Girl Authority wrote, By far the worst movie in the MCU. Also, why must Ultron have lips? Ultron doesn't need lips. Alright guys, Richard Krause said, Whedon has tried to dazzle our eyes, and he does, but, had, but has forgotten about engaging our brains. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do not disagree with that one bit. <laughs> um, Bob Grimm with Tucson Weekly wrote, Feels like a bunch of these scenes Marvel usually reserves for the credits. It's more concerned about future films than the one it's actually in. 
Oh man, does it set up so many things for future films? It does, and we'll get into that later. But yes, there's some parts of the movie where it feels like, am I watching a commercial for future Marvel movies? But without this movie, you don't get all those other great movies, TV shows. So I'm glad that I am glad this exists. Well, we've heard some reviews. Now that we've given this movie a second chance, Jessica, how do you feel your second time around? I tried to come at it with like a non-biased critical eye, of course, like I do for pretty much every movie on on this show. (laughs) I try. Um, And there are certain moments and sequences that I do enjoy, but now watching it, um, knowing that some of the things introduced in this movie will play a big role, um, I do feel like a lot of the introductions are weak. Um, and like we were saying, it is really hard to compare this movie just on its own because one, it's a sequel to the Avengers. And then also it is, uh, uh, an introduction into the expansion of the MCU, you know? So you, you kind of have to look at it like that sometimes. Um, I mean, this might just be me, uh, but also with all the stuff that has come out about Joss Whedon and how just awful he is, especially on movie sets, um, it's it was hard to watch certain moments and enjoy them. I, I found myself getting like really creeped out or noticing things I hadn't noticed before that were just like mm, icky. I don't I don't like Ooh. that. Um, so that I I had this sort of like tainted view because now knowing what what um what was the icky moments for you i'm so glad you asked because i'm so ready to talk about we'll rip this bandit off first before we get into what we like and what we don't like because okay so yeah the last time i saw it there was some things that were like "Mm, i don't like that but now again seeing it through this lens it's like ooh, yikes so the biggest thing for me is that I do not like how Black Widow is handled in this movie. Um, Particularly her relationship with Bruce Banner. Um, And and here's why. So, uh, for those of you who've seen it, you obviously know that Bruce is at the point uh, in his character where he is learning how to use the Hulk, but then contain it. and so they use this sort of method where Natasha, like, like grabs his hand and, like, talks him down. And sun's getting low. Let me sing you a lullaby. Whatever. Um, and at first, that, like, that never really bothered me. I just thought it was, like, oh, like, a nice bond with mm-hmm. someone he trusts. Like, blah, blah, blah. But watching it this time, I see it more as a woman who has to control a man's emotions. Interesting. And I... Yeah, so, like, that's, like, and that's just such a societal issue where women... (laughs) Black Widow um, is obviously, throughout the MCU, is, like, a very, like, supporting role of the team. Like, she really is the one that, like, keeps them going, keeps them together. So I like that. But in this movie, it felt almost like she's there to support the men's... More so just, I think, Bruce. She's... More to Bruce than anything. Yes. Um, 
And there's some dialogue about her that really I find icky. can't remember it word for word, but there is a moment where Cap is talking to Bruce about like, oh, I think she likes you, bud. And he's like, no, she's just being flirty. Like the big flirty slut, whatever. And Cap is like, no, I've seen her be flirty. This is something else. And it's like, can you like find better words <laughs> like i don't like that so there's so many little things i picked up on with black widow that now just feel like so much like bigger and mm-hmm. grosser especially with how we know Jaws Whedon handles female characters with i guess the exception of buffy although there's a whole bunch of issues uh, coming to light about that set that's neither here nor there the big thing that i want to talk about is the boob fall so there's a scene where Ultron um, attacks the Avengers while they're having a little party party moment Uh, he comes in he just starts shooting at them fucking shit up Natasha runs and hides behind the bar and grabs Bruce to protect him if that had been the moment alone dope like cool but then we cut to them behind the bar and he falls onto her boobs head into the boobs which is like, okay, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Did a middle schooler write that joke? <laughs> it's just gross. But what made it even grosser for me this time around is knowing a story that Ray Fisher told about Jaws Whedon when he took over directing for the Justice League, the theatrical version. So, as you may know, they do that. The same joke where the flash falls on top of wonder woman's boobs like head in her chest so one they regurgitate an already very like low-hanging fruit kind of joke but what makes it even weirder and grosser is that he would call wonder woman black widow he would call diana natasha just like straight up they're all women fighting whatever that's oh that's weird it's so weird um because they're also two very different characters and they're two very different people we talk about a lot of characters in movies but i feel like those we don't mix them up like that especially like we're talking this universe i might get these universe characters mixed around but not like separate universes i'm never looking at batman thinking well iron man i mean batman here right especially if you're in charge of the goddamn material yeah didn't you write it What makes it even grosser is according to Ray Fisher, who I like fully believe everything that man says, because I just, I power to him for speaking out. Um, He, Jazz Whedon would brag about the boob fall in Justice League and would be like, yeah, we did it in Ultron too. It's really great. It's really funny. So we're going to do it here. Like, sir, this is such a Stupid gimmick. Do not be proud of this. Do not be proud of this outdated joke. Like, just get away. Ugh. So, yeah, those were things when it comes to the women that, like, I noticed that were really upsetting. And there were a few things about Scarlet Witch as well, um, where she just was, like, she was introduced poorly. She, like... They, the way the men would talk about her as well was a little like, I don't love this. Um, and I can't help but think it comes from a sort of misogynistic Joss Whedon mind. Yikes, yeah. That was a lot of stuff. Fuck Josh Whedon. Fuck 
Jazz Whedon. Icky, just so icky. So again, knowing all of these things, there were things about Age of Ultron that I just, I saw differently and I couldn't help it. While we're on the topic of uh, <laughs> Black Widow, I'm having a hard time calling her Black Widow and not Scarlet Widow. I think it is weird that she, she, her only purpose in this movie is to like serve Bruce for the majority of it. Um, or like for a good chunk of it, not the, all of it. But it is weird giving these two a romance. I don't think she needs a romance. I don't think there needs to be a romance, at least in the Avengers movies, until we can establish like one that was like earned. Because them like becoming a couple happened off screen. And nothing was planted beforehand. I know I've talked about how I kind of like to like skip the getting to know you. We've already planted the seed. We can jump the gun on it. But no, in Incredible Hulk, he's dating Betty Ross, um, and her dad eventually keeps being part of the series. He ends up in Cap Civil War and in uh, Infinity War. We saw that character, and we totally forgot about Betty. Uh, I. I almost think it was Liv Tyler that was uh, in our Incredible Hulk. It was. They've totally mm -hmm. forgotten about her. And I. it kind of bums me mm -hmm. out. Like, why haven't they mentioned her at all? They had a whole scene where they were talking about, like, oh, Natalie Portman is there. And Gwyneth Paltrow's somewhere else. Reasons why they're not here. They don't mention anything about Betty. And, like, I get if you have to make her have, like, a relationship with one of the other adventures to create drama or something. Bruce is, a, I guess, the best character out of this group. Because Cap is kind of like her, like, brother. Or like, And so is, like, Hawkeye. They're, like, they're all, like, co-workers that are good friends and trust each other. And I don't see, like, a romance that's going to be developed anywhere. So it's... It is weird. And I can't ever tell, like, in this, how deep into the relationship they are. Yes. It was super unclear. So unclear. I wasn't even sure if, like, were they even having a thing? Or was it developing, like, in the movie? I think I would have appreciated her being able to help him control uh, the Hulk versus Bruce so much more if it was just, like, a, fr a deep friendship. Um, that you can you can trust me, I'll help you with this. She's so good at talking and like commanding a room with communication that she has developed some sort of sense of I know how to like um, manipulate or at least you know calm him down with something, some sort of chant. And I, I think that that could have been a lot stronger if again they were just like good good buds and 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 supportive co-workers you know as opposed because the the woman uh controlling a male's aggression i got that vibe because they're like romantic you know what i mean um if it was just like hey i have the skills to help you and you trust me and i trust you i'll help you um but just adding the weird levels of like romance are they together were they ever together are they gonna be together like all that just made it so much more like okay are you just doing this because you want to bang him or like what <laughs> don't have them in a relationship none of these guys need to be dating yeah they can have a romance save for their own separate private movies uh or a character that 
makes sense for a relationship. Let's talk about something we do like. I want to talk about my favorite moment, or at least my I think my favorite thing in this movie, the Hulkbuster fight. The lead up to this is just they are they fight Ultron and during the fight Scarlet Witch is putting some like hexes on their minds. So like half the team is down and Hawkeye's got a babysit that half that's having bad nightmares. And Scarlet Witch puts a little hex on Bruce, who hulks out and goes and destroys some African city. And it is nuts. Uh, I just like the look of this town. We're in a new place that like we've never visited. Um, uh, and then we get Tony has to use this giant Iron Man suit, referred to as the Hulkbuster. He created this solely just to stop Bruce. And this fight just elevates itself throughout. There's one new thing. Each part of the suit has a new thing where, like, Hulk breaks off an arm of the suit. Another arm shoots down. That arm can now capture Hulk's hand and lock it in place and shoot off. There's also a cage that drops down to stop the Hulk. He's thought of a lot of things to help calm Bruce down or stop Hulk if he hulks out too much. And they destroy so much. They destroy so much. And there's so many cool destructive sequences within that where, like, Iron Man literally drops Bruce through a fucking building hoping that that'll stop him. I This is definitely one of my top, like, five favorite action sequences in the MCU. I just think it's two big giant things that are CGI, beating the shit out of each other, destroying everything. So pleasing to the eye. So fun. Definitely. I think it's probably actually like one of my, maybe is my favorite fight sequence of this movie. Because it's just so over the top in such a fun way. I mean, it's weird to say fun for destructive. There is stakes and there's consequences to it as well. What is the thing you did like about this movie? One of my favorite things about this movie is the expansion of our team. Um, I really like that we are slowly growing. I mean, we add essentially like four new members of the Avengers, but it's just fun to see. So War Machine and Falcon are established at this point. At the end, they do join the Avengers officially, which is really cool. They're great additions. War Machine does help in the, in the main fight against Ultron. Um, so it's just nice to bring them in. And then we also get the introduction of Quicksilver, who, uh, meets his demise in this film. And then we get Scarlet Witch and Vision. I like Vision's introduction. I think it's really fun and compelling. Um, I will say, though, for as much as I love Scarlet Witch, I think her introduction in this movie was just super weak. We see her within the first couple minutes of this movie and like we don't know who she is is a mystery in the first like 15 minutes we realize some of her powers which includes like messing with people's minds she puts like a a dream sort of thing in tony's mind so we know she's powerful she knows she we she's got some cool powers but we don't like know who she is and then her her origin is told to us through like just pure exposition but I do like that even though she had a weak introduction throughout the movie she does grow which is really cool for Mm -hmm. like a new character and then at the end along with War Machine and Falcon 
her and Vision become official members of the Avengers. So I like that. I like that it was sort of the start of the MCU growing the Avengers family. It sets up so much of the future of the MCU. It sets up Captain America and Iron Man disagreeing and starting to go separate ways. We get introduced a little bit better to Infinity Stones. Uh, at least our group gets to learn about the Infinity Stones and not just the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we kind of set up for WandaVision in a way where we get created Vision and get to introduce Wanda. And we see bits and pieces of them. And then this also is the first time we get mention of Wakanda that eventually will lead to Black Panther. It sets up a lot of stuff. Um I do think, yeah, because we have a lot of characters we're introducing, it is hard to do a good, like, start to Wanda. Because when I think of it, it's just they're twins. And so they're not two separate people, but, like, they're a team. And we put a little bit more focus kind of on Quicksilver uh, just because I think they knew this is his only movie. He's got to speak a little bit more than she does. One of the great moments of this movie is when Hawkeye is kind of, like, pumping her up and letting her know, like, Hey man, like if you don't want to be here, that's fine. We'll get you when it's over. But if you come out the door, you're one of us. You're not, you don't have to be associated with Ultron anymore. You're not a bad person. You're on our team now. So let's do this. And it gives her such a good moment. And then when you see her come out, she just like rips people, rips those robots apart and starts smashing. Holy shit. She is so powerful. I love that moment, and that's a moment I was talking about where we get to see her evolve. But after that moment, it's like, okay, she's here. <laughs> we we get it. Um, and I just, there's something, like, just that warms my heart about Hawkeye being like, look, like, this is all weird, this doesn't make any sense, but this is the job, and if you want to be in the job, <laughs> I got a bow and arrow, the city's floating, um, but if you walk out that door you have a job, you're part of our team. And just, I like that. I love that inspiration, um, you know, because he obviously had issues with her a lot at first and then just was like, look, kid, you got this if you want it. And I just, I love it. And then, yeah, after that, she's like, all right, I'm here. I think this time I was really paying attention to how Vision got made and, like, the steps that came for it. I think it's interesting that, like, Tony's Jarvis, and then they got some of the stuff, some, uh, I guess, calculation from the Mind Stone, and that was attached to their Ultron plan, and that destroyed Jarvis, but then was hidden away somewhere. But then Ultron himself just decides to get Vibranium, build his body to become a better version of himself, and upload, and then from that... Thor's hammer and lightning and the Mind Stone smashing into that just creates this thing. And it's just so many layers to get to that character. Um, and then when he's created, he kind of just like, you know, fills in like color. And then one thing I noticed was, I guess he's looking at Thor and then poops out a little cape. I was like, I was thinking about the moment in Infinity War where you copied my beard. I see you copied my beard. I see who copied my cape. <laughs> like, I will say Cap versus Iron Man's, and this is the other seed, is they're, you know, turning into Civil War. Um, their, like, argument over while cutting wood is uh, just so engaging and fun. And then Cap just rips that log apart. I was like, oh, god damn. 
one of the other things I really enjoy about this movie is the time it gives Hawkeye. I love these hints of like, you know, like, ooh, do you have a girlfriend? No, I don't. And then, yeah, it's my girlfriend on the phone. He's trying to play like a mystery of keeping his wife and family hidden for safety purposes. I love that he has a little family out in the middle of nowhere and they go hide out there with him. I think it's cute. I agree. I think it is cute. I like that too, where it's like he he does have a family and, and that family even calls uh you know, Black Widow like Aunt, Nat, Aunt Natasha. Yeah. Like it's just it's just I like the farm scenes uh because they add some humor to it, like watching these big Avengers interact with kids is really cute and yeah, we get the, the wood rip moment which is dope. I think I would have liked it even more if the team especially Tony, uh, took the time to do some, like, really deep introspection on, like, what they just went through and what they just did as well. Because, to piggyback off that, one thing I don't love about this movie is that Tony, like, really does not take responsibility for what he's done a lot. And he doesn't seem to, like, learn from it. We see him kind of learn from it in Civil War, but, like, in this movie, (laughs) it's not like he takes the time to be like, oh, shit, I, like, fucked up, and, uh, you know, how can I learn from this, or anything like that. Um, And I think the farm scene, having our our team be, like, isolated and out there, could have just been, like, a really good opportunity for them to each like look within themselves and kind of like help each other out and these feelings so i think that was a little bit of a missed opportunity and thor dips to go learn about infinity stones that's a whole sequence i don't want to talk about because i think it's just dumb well while we're on the topic of hawkeye i will say that the thing i don't like about hawkeye is how much foreshadowing is like him going to die like Oh, I'm going to live forever. Like, there were so many, like, hints dropped at, like, oh, he's probably going to be dying in this movie. And they set him up to die, but then, of course, Quicksilver swoops in and saves him. Um, And I guess, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a nice little moment where, like, he got saved. And that's a redemption for Quicksilver, and it sucks. But it also builds, and I, I think it's irritating because this is our first movie. I hate that he goes so quickly. No pun intended. But it does build for Wanda's character of just like, oh man, she's been through so much. Like, brother dying? That's that's our first start. Yikes. Yeah, I agree. I don't like that, you know, we just got to know him and now he's dead. But at the same time, yeah, it does really add to Wanda's story arc. So, I just find the introduction to the Infinity Stones to be really messy in this movie. Um, Because at this point, it's pretty obvious that the filmmakers, uh, the producers, Marvel, know that that's the direction we're heading in, is these Infinity Stones. And we get, like, some explanation, uh, you know, throughout the movies leading up to Infinity War. Cool. This first time introduction is just so sloppy there's no actual like hey these what this is what they are and this is what could really fuck shit up basically thor just gets in a bath and has a dream and sees them but like i just have issues with 
how he he gets in his little dream bath and he sees the infinity stones and he has some like you know trippy flashes of destruction and like what's to come and like what could happen but like then that's kind of it <laughs> like that it's not like he goes back to the avengers and reports like hey guys like i think i've <laughs> figured something out we might want to keep this on our radar. No, the first thing he does is just fucking hit the Mind Stone with his hammer. Doesn't have a discussion with any of them. Yeah! <laughs> just smashes and turns it into vision. And he's just like, oh, the reason I did that was like, oh, no, dude. We didn't need to have like a full-blown description of like each Mind Stone or anything. But just a little something for us to start to be able to grasp, like, what this means. Especially for us, like myself, who didn't read the comics, don't know what they are. Yeah, we don't need a full history. No, we don't need a full history. Just give us a slight, I know these things are bad, so we should probably destroy them. And then we wait until Doctor Strange can tell Tony, oh, this is the history of them. Exactly. Like, here's a little bit more about it. I think Thor is super wasted in this movie. Completely. Completely. And I I fucking love Thor. I think he, he's got some cool fight scenes. He's got some cool action sequences. Other than that, like, yeah, he hits Vision's Mind Stone with a, hits the Mind Stone with a hammer, helps create Vision, and he takes a bath. Uh, one of the cool fight sequences, I think, is the opening when they're attacking Hydra. And they're all just through, like, the snowy woods. And there's one long shot that shows off all their powers or all their abilities. And then has a shot of all of them jumping through the air. That looks great. It does look really great. But they thrust us into the action. Like, that is the beginning. is like, them fighting. And that's fine. That's fine. Like, that's not a problem if we just start with the action. That makes it exciting. But, like... This also seems to be a significant fight that we're supposed to understand what's going on. And so one thing that bothers me about just that whole thing is like there's some dope fighting and that's what we're focusing on. We're focusing on these cool shots and these cool sequences. But then at the same time, there's exposition that we're supposed to take in that gets kind of lost. It's not until we see Loki Scepter that I'm like... Oh, okay, that's what's up. That's why we're here. You would have had to remember Winter Soldier and that most of S.H.I.E.L.D. is Hydra. And then on top of that, you have to remember, you'd have to stay through all the post-credits and watch that Hydra had stolen Loki's scepter. And you get that little bit of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in their cages. But like... I, yeah, I the I don't like that they just throw away this like kind of new villain that they've created, uh, Strucker, uh, because he also dies off camera, and I hate it when like a prominent person we know dies off camera. What are you doing? Right. We could have shown Ultron murder that guy, and then we're like, oh fuck, he's powerful, yeah. and he can kill these. Speaking of Ultron and how powerful he is, um, I do think that there are a lot of issues with Ultron. I think that he's sort of underutilized for how much power he actually has. He is an AI that uh, basically has free reign with the internet, essentially. And instead of using that to create destruction, like 
uh, getting into power grids, uh, getting into air traffic control. Like instead of like really starting to create destruction and chaos or use the Avengers technology to fuck shit up for them, he uses the internet to just like travel essentially. Okay, that's kind of cool because you never really know where he can go. But at the same time, like, I just would have loved more of him and his power because it is very interesting to have a villain that can infiltrate our internet. Like, that is terrifying. Um, And we don't get, like, any of that. They definitely rush anything with Ultron. Um, I think he's a character that should have been built up. Um... When he's like decoding all of the like internet when he first like turns on, you can see his like jump and thought process if you're like pausing a lot. I had to I had to do a deep dive for this one, but he definitely like sorts you know like how wars get started. He has all the information about Tony, everything Tony has said, so he gets a lot of his personality from Tony and all of his ideas from articles of what Tony has said, which lead into like war and because Tony used to create weapons for war. And so a lot of his thought processes is based off of that. And I think ultimately his idea is, well, to get rid of all this, I just have to get rid of humans because they're the ones that keep doing this over and over again. You know, one person starts it, but while that's being started, the oppressed, someone who's oppressed counterattacks and then it's just a back and forth. So just get rid of all of them and start anew. And which is a good concept, but but it's so rushed that like you don't get time to like hang out with Ultron or see his thought process because he's a computer and it goes way too fast. Um I also hate that he's like too human in a way. Um he's the one thing I wish they would not have done was have because he's kind of a creation of Tony Get rid of the sarcasm. Make him like a more serious Drax. Yes. Where he's maybe he's not oblivious to things. He's super intelligent, but he's not like sarcastic or has a joke every fucking two minutes. I hate it when Ultron jokes. I feel like Ultron wouldn't be a jokester. Not every character has to have jokes all the time. And I feel like because of the Josh Whedon project, every fucking character has to be sarcastic, has to have something witty to say. And not every person is witty. And we don't have to have our main villain witty. I completely agree with that. I think it makes him far less menacing when he's, like, cracking jokes. I also do sort of feel like they took a page from the Loki book. And we're like, well, Loki's funny and people like Loki, so let's throw some humor in there. When we get to Infinity War, Thanos isn't funny. I think we all connect with his drive of, like, I have a mission that I believe is right. And that's why we all like him. Because he sticks with it. Whereas Ultron is just like goofing around and joking. And not like getting what he's doing. Like he, when he cuts like. Um, Claw's hand off. He's just like oh I didn't realize that. that would Oops. I No you should have like. I did this on purpose. Fuck you for whatever. You're trying to be like Tony. or you. So that's what Tony said. I don't like that guy. Which is why you shouldn't act like that guy. I also do have an issue with the motivation. When he first bursts on the scene, he thinks that the Avengers should be extinct. And and that's like the goal. You're creating destruction. You need to go. And then it shifts to, okay, but all humanity has to go. 
maybe like you were saying because it's so it's done so quickly I did find myself having trouble with being like okay but like how did we how did we get from the Avengers to all of humanity needs to go here's my tweet he just deals with the Avengers I would have preferred that so much more I think that would have made it more concise and and instead of like the Avengers having to save the world they need to save themselves because yeah I feel like most of the movie dealt with them falling apart as a group they were kind of being split but then we would have them bond together make sure oh we gotta work together to beat this robot who's pulling us apart yeah and then too like the mind fuckery scarlet witch gives them would make more sense that they are falling apart but we got to get ourselves back together because he's coming at us and he has control of all of our technology so he could really do some damage like i think we don't need this another story where it's like we gotta save humanity i do think yeah let's if we're rewriting this movie ultron dis- destroying avengers subplot ultron is evolving into a more human or a better form that would be more destructive towards them or be more invincible. That's why he's creating Vision to stand up and be able to stop the Avengers. And then they're just one step ahead and they take over that idea, turn it into Vision, and then Ultra's like, well, fuck. It could have been so cool if it was like a cat and mouse game between Ultron and the Avengers instead of like, Ultron hates us, but oh, now he wants to ruin the world. What are we going to do about it? Like, we've seen that. We got a great actor, James Spader, doing the voice of Ultron. And I think just, especially the first time we see Ultron, when he's like the mangled up, you know, Iron Man uh, security robot that was kind of like, I've got no strings. Oh man, it's so creepy. And I really wish they had kept like, I don't know, him just, like, learning and always wanting to learn. Just don't make him fucking joke every two minutes. Oh, here's one about Ultron that just boggles my mind. He captures Black Widow. Why? Why wouldn't you just murder her? You have an Avenger who has powerless against you. You could easily just snap her neck, rip her in half, whatever you want to do. You just lock her up and keep her in a cage and then leave and let them get her. That is one thing I don't like about this movie, and I think it kind of goes back to how Jaws Whedon treats female characters, but that's neither here nor there. I completely agree. Like, why take her and then lock her up if it's to lure the Avengers? They're coming after you anyway, bud. You don't need to, like, have tricks. They're coming. Felt like he just did it so he could, like, explain his plan to someone. Well, earlier when they're in Wakanda or close to Wakanda uh, with Claw, and they're like, what are, you, what are you planning on doing? He goes, oh, well, of course I want to explain my whole plan. Let you, you know, and making a joke about it. Well, if you're that character that absolutely doesn't want anyone to know what you're up to, fucking just kill her instantly. Make him the man, um, not a man on a mission, the bot on a mission, who's just like, you know, almost like Terminator. Like, he sees something like, that's my protocol. I'm doing it. Nothing's stopping me because I'm a robot and I can disappear and turn into that robot. The idea of Ultron is really interesting. I just think it's really sloppy, Um, especially you give him lips. What happened? Why did we give him lips? 
<laughs> he didn't need lips. It was so weird. I think that Ultron, in theory, is a really cool villain. He has a lot of power. He could have really done some damage. But in practice, it didn't work. The Okay, I think this is my last... I hate this. Um, Post-credits, we get Thanos grabbing a glove going, fine, I'll do it myself. What does that mean? He's not the one that makes the glove, or, or he didn't have that glove already on hand. Dinklage's, like, giant dwarf made it. And so, like, what? What is this? What does this part mean now? It doesn't make sense. Was he sending people to find the Infinity Stones? I don't think so. Like, what is this line? Very unnecessary. It really is just like a, hey, let's tease some Thanos. Well, what, what should we put? Who cares? And I remember the when the movie came out, people were like, oh, Thanos. Like, people were pumped just to see him. So now looking back a few years later, it's like, yeah, that was a really dumb tease because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. All right. Well, let's talk about should everyone give this a second chance? I say, nah, nah, don't worry about it. It's pretty messy. It's pretty sloppy. There's just a lot going on. There's just so many quality Marvel movies. There's so many quality comic book movies that like you don't need to waste your time with this one i would say yeah there's some cool action sequences but there's even better ones in other marvel movies i'm gonna say absolutely give this a second chance it's so it's just a lot of fun uh yeah there's really sloppy moments and stuff but overall i think it's got fun action it's got our characters that we like um and it's all of them together um uh, they're solo movies. I'm not as interested anymore, given it's more fun seeing them all work together. This kicks off a lot of what spreads out in the MCU. So it was a fun trip down memory road. And you know what? The action just makes me just enjoy it and have fun while I watch it. Well, another disagreement, but that's okay. If you don't like superhero movies, I don't. this was not the movie for you. It's an overwhelming amount of superheroes in it. Let us know what you think, though. Leave us a comment, uh, a review. Let us know what you feel like about Age of Ultron. Does it deserve a second chance? Is it one of the worst? Do you hate it? Do you love it? Do, are you meh about it? Let us know. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Second Chance Movies, where you can stay up to date on the show. You can also find us on YouTube if you're listening to the audio version. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can find us the audio version. We also want to shout out to BD McBeatface for writing our theme. Thank you, BD McBeatface. We'll be back next week with another movie. You didn't see that coming? Quicksilver. Second chance